Welcome to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs, a webinar series that packs a ton of important agency information on one topic from one expert into a 25-minute brief. Why 25 minutes? Because who has the attention span for much more these days? And you can squeeze in a listen between meetings with time for a bathroom break or coffee refill before your next meeting. Thanks for tuning in. This is Bite-Sized Agency Briefs. I'm your host, Steve Guberman from Agency Outsight, where I coach agency owners to build the agency of their dreams. Uh, today, I'm speaking with Robert Patton. He's the uh, multiple best-selling author. You'll get into the, what the books are, but also the founder of Creative Agency Success, which is a consulting firm that he runs dedicated to helping creative agencies scale. Robert, thanks for joining me. How are you? Thanks so much for having me, Steve. I'm doing pretty well. Awesome. So. I guess first thought I have is let's dig into your background. What brought you to launching your consultancy where you're working with agencies? What was your path here? Well, I would say that uh, my story is very meandering, like like many. Um, I will kind of step back into what it was that I uh, studied in in college. I uh, I'm a very analytical mind, um, and I decided to pursue a degree in fine art which was the kind of polar opposite to who I was really, the mind that I was born with. Um, and post-college, um, I uh, started a, a photography business and uh, did photography for a number of years. Uh, I learned through that process that it actually just was not something that I was meant to do. I uh, really did not enjoy it. I enjoy photography still myself as a, a hobby, but it wasn't something I was meant to do as a career. Mm-hmm. And I ended up shutting the business down um, and went for um, what my husband calls my eat, pray, love year, uh, where I <laughs> spent a year uh, traveling the traveling the world um, and uh, came back and had spent every single time of money that I, I had and uh, needed to get a job. And I actually ended up just quickly finding a job at an agency um, as the head of finance there. And uh, it was the connection between two things that I absolutely love, both art, creativity, and the analytical mind that I am. And so that really is what started my career uh, working with agencies is that kind of accidental happenstance that I found um, the connection between two things that I absolutely enjoy. I worked there for a few years, helped them grow from, they were between the 800,000 to to a million, helped them grow to 10, um, left there, did it, did that largely again over the course of the next three years, and then uh, started consulting with agencies, um, more freelance, and which eventually kind of just organically grew to where I am now. That's amazing. And so you work with uh, agencies at, at two different sizes, kind of that that sub seven figure, and then you think you said about two to five million or so uh, on what their scale systems are. Um, a lot of that is feeding from your financial and analytical background. You talk a lot about profitability. Um, There's kind of that elusive number of, you know, there's a, there's a benchmark of 30%. How do I get there? Um, Is that something that you help owners really figure out where their gaps in profitability are? 100%. I mean, I think largely um, the analytical mind that I am, everything I think breaks down to a number. um, And that Mm -hmm. can be from your team management to lead gen, to sales, to profit, to operational components. Uh, Everything to me breaks down to a number of some fashion of how do you measure the success that you're having in a particular area. And 
whether it needs um, adjustments or not. Um, mm -hmm. But the two primary components really between the two ways that I work with agencies is that the sub seven figure line, we're setting up kind of base foundational elements that they need to be able to understand exactly what it is that they're doing, differentiate themselves in the market, set themselves up so that they can actually start to set up a team and not be directly involved in every single component of the business, figure out what they should be doing and shouldn't be doing, helping them create focus. And then with the agencies that are 2 million plus, it's more working with the leadership team that we either put into place or is already in place and helping them, um, each one of the leadership team, be able to install different systems into the agency at the essentially the right moment in time, that, that right next thing that they need to do. Yeah. So what, what are some of those systems that you typically see agencies lacking? And maybe it's different at different at those different size uh, points, but what are some of those things that you see? I mean, it, it really varies depending on the service vertical. It depends on the type of client that they're working with as well. It depends on the size. Um, so it, it does vary quite a lot, but I'm going to broadly say they're missing and lacking most systems. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my experience is it's the owner that's doing near everything and doesn't mm -hmm. really know how to get out of their own way. Um, and so there is no system because they were just kind of winging it and flying by the seat of their pants. And now how do I delegate that if there's nothing to delegate other than a mind dump of sorts? It, it, exactly. And what I often find is that the agency really was kind of accidentally created, really. Mm -hmm. um, so the vast majority of creative agencies who I, who I work with, um, the owner, uh, founder, was great at design, was great at what they did, web design, whatever, uh, brand design, whatever it was that they, that they do, and ultimately had closed one project and then closed another and then got a referral and closed a third. And then they realized, oh, I can't do all this work. I'm going to bring on a contractor. Mm -hmm. And so the agency was kind of founded by accident and the systems were set up by accident. It was actually more uh, created by the client than it was actually intentionally which mm -hmm. is largely, I think, the genesis of the problem in the first place was that they didn't take the step back to create it the way that they wanted it in the first place. So there's there's no system per se because every single client that they work with is the one that's directing how the relationship is even built in the first place. Yeah, a lot of agencies will kind of just go along with the wind, you know, blow, blow in the wind with what the client's needs are and they won't be, I don't want to say the aggressive, but they certainly won't be assertive in how they manage their clients and what their clients manage them. Um, do you, do you end up seeing that that's a mix of process and account management training? Um, like how do you typically write that ship? Well, I think that the core of it is the fact that they're very much afraid to say no to things that they feel like that they're going to lose the client. I think that that's, I mean, I saw that in agencies that I worked at internally as a, as a, a team member full time. Um, agencies have this fear of when a client is going to let them go and what that actually looks like and how well is this relationship established. It's too important of a relationship. And um, so the, the entire relationship isn't founded really in mutual benefit. So it mm -hmm. creates a lot of this, this dynamic and problematic kind of relationship. Um, but I mean, the core sort of start point to it is that the vast majority of agencies are very referral based. They don't have any way of actually being able to generate leads. So they feel like they have to close every single prospective buyer that comes through the door. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, it's, it creates a dynamic where they're going to say yes to whatever it is that they're asking for because they feel like they have to. And it's learning to first 
what is it that you should be doing? What is your zone of genius? What, where are you actually meant to be working with a client? What is your yeses and what are your noes? And once you have that really established, we can then start to go at who exactly should we be going after, start to foster the relationships with the ideal client so that we have a foundation of a good, a, a better relationship really with your client so that you do have a, a great understanding of what it is that you should be doing with them and what, what you shouldn't. But I mean, in the end, yeah, you do need to have better client management. You have to have better systems. Mm-hmm. You have to better onboarding. You have to have all of those items as well. But the the first point that's incredibly important is that you first have to really be able to understand um, who you should be working with and why and why not. Yeah, it, it, that's probably questions that lead up to your differentiation process. What else do you have in, like what else can agency owners think about or activities can they go through to help figure out their differentiation points? I mean, the the thing that I, I really have them, because the vast majority of agencies, at least the, the ones that are on the, the sub 5 million, um, the founder is very heavily involved with the day-to-day operation of the business. And it's centered around a lot of their own expertise. They're the primary salesperson, they're the primary relationship person, they're the one that's networking, still doing a lot of lead gen, all of that. And what where I actually have pretty much every single person start and it's within their story. What is it exactly? Where have they been? What did they do? What did they enjoy? I mean, all the way back to their first memory, I have them go back to and just write everything out. Um, and within that storyline there is your differentiator it already exists in there i the thing that i uh, talk about quite a lot and i've done a number of talks in different agency groups about this is that the first step a lot of agencies take when it comes to the their quote-unquote differentiator is that they will go and look at what other agencies in their space are doing and so Mm -hmm. (laughs) i i think it's such an interesting kind of dynamic of how do you find out your differentiator by looking at other people Mm -hmm. and it becomes a a problem and and i think it's really fraught across the industry really that everyone sounds the same Mm -hmm. i mean you were to take 10 agency websites and take the branding off and take the logo marks away and the copy is exactly the same exactly the same yeah you wouldn't be able to distinguish the difference and so your prospective buyers can't either and so they have no idea of how to understand which one is safer, which one is, has the higher likelihood of outcome, which one they want to move forward with. And so the entire differentiator is price. So it's just yeah. a massive race to the bottom, which creates the low profit margins. And that's a really difficult battle at that point for a lot of agencies. Yeah. I'm curious, and uh, I don't mean to come for this to come off challenging, but I'm going to kind of challenge just... For me, right, so we talk about agency owner, everything is on them. They become an accidental agency. They've unintentionally become the voice, the face, the everything of the agency. And so in order for them to scale, they've got to be pulled out of that. But you're saying the differentiator story needs to leverage the owner's kind of path forward. Like at what point does it not become about them? And do you make it about the overall culture, the overall process the agency has, the the expertise in the in the verticals that they've got, things like that, as opposed to in my first memory was riding a tricycle. Like, do you know what I mean? And and I think it's a brilliant idea and process. But I'm just trying to figure out how do you 
how do you separate the two at, at what point? Sure. Um, and, and I mean, challenge me at any point. I, <laughs> that's, uh, I, I, that allows for a better conversation discourse anyways. Um, what I would say is, is that I, I'm not necessarily saying that once you've written out your story that you're supposed to start your differentiator on your site, website copy is supposed to talk about the tricycle as your first memory. But mm-hmm. it's it's going to allow for you to be able to distinguish what is the sort of core ethos as to why you're doing this in the first place. I mean, there is every single junction point in our lives, there was 12 different options, 50 different options that we could have ultimately gone down. And we picked a specific pathway, a road for ourselves. And mm-hmm. when we selected each one of those, there was decision making that we had that uh, that was that there was a, a reason for that. We picked where we are today over every single other possibility, which as the owner of the organization, we are the core of that culture, really. We are the core mm-hmm. of that reason, that rationale, that that desire. Um, and we should be hiring people that are aligned with our values, our desires, our goals. And when we're able to actually create alignment between ourselves and what our objectives are, then we're able to actually create a safety for our prospective buyers. But uh, aside from that, really, I, I mean, largely, the agencies that we're talking to right now, we're not talking to, you know, the Densus, we're not talking to WPP, we're not talking to these larger right. agencies, really, right, that have a well-known brand in and of itself. And I still believe in selling on process and your systems and, and all of that. But, I mean, largely for an agency of the size where you're sub $50 million in revenue annually, the the goal to completely extract you as a human from the entire definition of the business largely I think is is futile um, mm-hmm. you need to be able to be out there promoting yourself and who are we other than um, our own passions our own excitement our own energy and if you're able to be more magnetic authentic in how it is that you're sharing that story and the pathway that you have charted for yourself um, and create safety for your prospective buyers, I, I, I think I see as an easier pathway for everyone. It also mm-hmm. allows for us to have greater amounts of energy within mm-hmm. what it is that we are doing every single day. If the, the closer to being a, the most authentic selves that we can be, um, it allows for us to avoid as much of the imposter syndrome that we are going to end up feeling mm-hmm. as entrepreneurs. It allows for us to be able to be more energetic when we get out of bed in the morning to go tackle what is, quite frankly, a difficult path as an entrepreneur, right? I mean, there's incredible amounts of risk and stress every single day. And sometimes you have to be able to weather that storm. And if we're also on top of it not being our authentic selves, it just becomes quite a bit more of a battle. Yeah. Lots there. And I, and I love the way that you kind of back that up and in, in how you guide owners. One of the things you've said a couple of times is making clients feel safe. And man, that's sort of like a refreshing take on it because it's like, how do we close them? How do we sell them on this? Or whether it's process or price or team or culture or whatever, but like that level of like feel comfortable and safe with us as your partner and the outcome that we're going to provide for you. Whether whether it's you know at the end of the, each campaign or the overall engagement, but that word safety is something we don't hear in our industry enough. So I love that you pointed that out. The other thing you mentioned is like having the energy to carry you through the day in a way that like you can battle the imposter syndrome and the stress and everything that will come along. There's no question it's coming. It's going to happen. So, you know, don't think you can hide from it at all. But you talk about like energy drivers and and, I'm curious more about that uh, as it pertains to agencies and, and owners. 
Yeah, well, I, I did want to hit clarify something around the safety component. I just want to really mm -hmm. kind of nail that home and then we can talk about the the energy side of things. Um, so when it comes to safety, that is one of the the predominant systems that we have as, as human beings, right? Like that is one of the mm -hmm. most developed systems that we have is searching for safety and searching for, for something that is dangerous. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, we can talk about sales tactics. We can talk about marketing tactics. We can talk about all of those things. But the predominant thing that we are looking for in life is continuing our lives right whatever it is and it could be financial security it could be actual physical danger it could be all sorts of things that are like that but it's our amygdala is consistently looking out for what is potentially dangerous for us and the greater amount that we can create safety both for ourselves as well as for um our prospective buyers it allows for us to have greater yeah. amount of success um so for the energy side of things i mean i mean the the core component to it for me is if we are going to be in a place where we are sacrificing so much of our mind space, because being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, you have the active time that you spend in the business and we can put boundaries around that and limit that and even work 15 hours a week, let's say, right? And in a great place or even less than that. But the realistic component of it is that you still have all those passive hours that you're walking your dog, you're on the mm -hmm. beach, you're whatever it is that you're doing in your personal life, and the business is still there. And if that is going to be something that is at the forefront of my mind in a lot of ways, I want it to be something that is um, driving greater energy for me, that it isn't actually depleting. It is a very... When we are in a place where our proverbial cup is being filled um and we know that we are in the right place that 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 cup that energy cup is is essentially endless for us really right um and so why a lot of my focus if you're able to have high energy uh you're going to have momentum and if you have momentum mm -hmm. really growth is inevitable yeah no i love that and, and you even mentioned like the energy to focus on the things that you love doing and the passions behind it that's why most of these accidental agencies happen is I love what I do. Maybe there's a lot of ego involved and I'm really good at it. And whether that's true or not, but there's some ego there. And so I'm going to open a shop and we're going to go and find only the best clients and build the best team. Um, often, you know, soon thereafter, it's a reality of, shoot, I also need to run a business in, in addition to being whatever, a, a UX strategist or whatever that thing is that I love doing. Um, so it does come back to, I think, you know, the process of, of establishing that. And, um, but yeah, you know, I love the way that you talk about the energy. So from a biz dev standpoint, sales, nurturing leads, things like that. I also agree that referrals and is a very opportunistic way of building a business. And so many agencies I work with, all of our clients are referrals and word of mouth. And that's great. It'll get you to a certain point. You can't set KPIs around that. You can't set goals around that. You can't strategically grow in order to add a new headcount or whatever. Um, what are some of the things that you like to help agency owners kind of put in mind from like outcome-based selling and, and pipeline development? From an, uh, so from an, uh, an outcome-based selling side of things, um, the, the primary thing that I see, and I'm going to kind of take a step back of what I see happening across the industry, and then we can talk about how to, to combat that and, and, and mm -hmm. be a bit different about it. But the vast, the 
actually I'm going to go to the first um, agency pitch that I was ever a part of. Okay. And um, I was in the room. There was, I want to say there was like eight or nine of us from the agency that were in the room at the conference table. The client was there physically in, in person or prospective buyer was there in person. And at the end of the meeting, prospective client leaves. Everyone in the room is like celebrating, excited, like high-fiving each other. We, we, we rocked that. We did so well. I sat there kind of quietly, my arms crossed and like turned to everyone. I'm like, I don't know what meeting you guys were in, but you guys were clearly in a different meeting than I was. Um, <laughs> you, you had the people like looking excited, smiling to begin with. They, someone actually was so leaned back, like look like this in their chair yeah. at one point, looking like they were nodding off about to pass out because we spent an hour and 45 minutes in that meeting and 95% of the time, we were talking. Yeah. We learned very little about them. We didn't have any relationship component to what's actually happening. And so the first piece that I will say when it comes to outcome-based selling and selling in the first place, and this is a, a bit more tactical, but um, the thing that I would say is you need to be speaking 20% of the time or less in every mm -hmm. single sales meeting. You need to be asking more insightful questions, providing feedback at the appropriate times, understanding the both the known problem, the unknown problem, and then the hidden problem that that prospective mm -hmm. buyer is having. If you can actually dive deeper into the onion of where they are currently at, their desires, the outcomes that they're looking for, what it is that they're currently challenged with, defining the gap of where they are now and where they want to go and helping mm -hmm. them actually see what that journey actually looks like. And largely just trying to provide value and being you. I mean, you have every single one of the agency owners listening right now. You have an incredible amount of insight mm. into what works and what doesn't. You have worked with loads of different clients, seen what has helped and what hasn't. And your goal and your objective in those sales conversations should be sharing that insight that you've gained, the information that you've learned, the process that you have been able to develop within your own agency and sharing that insight with your prospective buyers. And again, all, what that's going to do is going to allow for you to create a better relationship. It allows for you to actually have a rapport with that prospective buyer in the first place um, and be able to create greater safety that we were talking about before. Um, the more that you try to sell, mm -hmm. the more that you're going to actually create sales objections and, and, and create... Um, friction sales friction for your buyer because quite frankly not a single person on the planet enjoys being sold to we don't yeah. want to be sold yeah no i love that and and even going back to what you said much earlier there's a human in, on the other side of that phone or across the conference table or whatever and they've got a brain and so they're fight or flight and if you're shoving a deck down there you know a pitch deck like in their face they're disengaged I mm -hmm. saw an agency more than once do this. They brought the, the Q&A slide from the very back to like the first or second slide. And I was like, let's start asking questions. And, and you, you nailed something that I think is so overlooked. Like, sure, have them talk about the things they know about, but ask them about the things they don't know about. Like, be that, be a, like, shit, be a therapist where you're like asking those questions to get under the hood of what's going to make them successful in their job or their customers successful and what they need. And, so many agencies just skip that part of like, oh, you need a website? We will build you a website. Oh, what do you really, really need and why? Um, so, yeah, I, I love that. And I also agree, like, don't, you know, 
20% is a massive amount of quiet from an agency. Like the, the 80%, like just sit there, just listen, let the client talk, let them, you'll learn so much more. Yeah. Um, and it establishes a rapport um, of, yeah, we're listeners and we know how to respond to your needs. And yeah, that, there's so much value in that. I love that. Uh, I want to shift gears real quick. I like to just do a couple of random rapid fire questions not related to scaling agencies. Um, so what's something, and these can be personal or professional or whatever, what's something that you're binging the heck out of a book or a podcast or a show or something these days? I've been really heavily into reading things oriented to psychology at the moment. I've been kind mm. of just, I, my objective right now overarching is spend as much of my life as I possibly can reading. The more that I can read, I help develop myself. And I also can be better for clients. I'm from books like cyber psycho cybernetics to uh, the four tendencies, understanding motivations behind people, how they set expectations and meet them. Um, I've been just enthralled with everything psychology based. Love that. Uh, what about, uh, again, personal or professional, and this can either be physical or digital, but a tool that you recently like implemented into your life and looking back, you're like, how did I live without this thing for so long? Um, I would say that I don't know that there's any like specific tool that is brand new to me, but there's something that I've been exploring and, and playing with a bit myself. Um, and I know that this is going to sound um, a, a bit obvious, but I would say that the component between Zapier and AI, so one of the things that I've been spending time with my team on at the moment um, is taking meeting recordings and being able to actually do post-meeting notes, uh, create creative briefs, uh, helping create proposals kind of automatically with utilizing AI and what we have um, been able to extract from them and how you can actually interconnect multiple different systems to remove a lot of the administrative component of a business, creating greater accuracy and removing a lot of... Um, what's the the word I'm I'm looking for? Redundancies um, kind of, and yeah, kind of the minutia really of of the okay. day to day life of running a business really. Yeah, no, that sounds pretty cool. Do you have IP that you guys are planning to release, or is that more internal processes for yourselves? So we're planning on sharing that with uh, members of the program. Um, so we've been developing, fine tuning it, and um, being able to implement it with the with the, some of the systems that we have already have as first trainings, and then allow for those integrations to be able to be shared with the members of the program. Very exciting. And then finally, what is an invaluable piece of business advice that you can share with listeners? I would say the biggest thing that has allowed for me to grow is that we have been trained and told throughout most of our lives uh, sort of Protestant work ethic that we have to sacrifice ourselves in order to be able to have success. And I'm going to call bull on that. I believed and followed that mindset for a lot of my life and my career. And interestingly, it came to a kind of a head for me and I didn't want to run a business anymore. I wanted to shut it down. I had sacrificed too much of myself and I had largely reached burnout really. And um, the primary thing that allowed for me to actually grow was what things should I and should I not be working on? Creating a system that allowed for me to be able to create greater focus. If I'm able to be focused my attention on one, two, maybe three things at any given time um, in like a eight week or 90 day kind of cycle, um, the greater amount of growth I can ultimately have, we actually need to dig deeper into the things that we are doing, rather than trying to touch 100 things and 100 things for one minute, 
uh, create more space for yourself, more structure to what you have your attention on and you'll grow much faster. Mm, that's really valuable. And I appreciate you sharing that. Robert, thank you very much for joining me and for your time today. Thanks again for tuning in to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs. As always, if you found value in this episode, chances are someone else will too. So please share it with your network. Also, if you know someone with expert knowledge on a topic that agency owners would love, drop me a note. Let's get them on. Finally, find someone to hug today.